everyone. My name is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. Sugar Coated is a podcast that was born from the notion that for far too long, women and other people who inside felt like they just didn't fit in in maybe small or even large ways had to sugarcoat their words, their style, or in general, their way of showing up in the world. This podcast started out as a dedication to women leaders. You see, I wanted to shine the light on all the incredible work that women do and how they're making an impact. And I still do. But I realized that a key reason that women have struggled, in my opinion, is that they've had to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals, which are inherently designed to keep those outside of the norm from standing out. This has prevented more women from being recognized as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me, Adrienne Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media, each week as I dive into raw conversations with some remarkable, badass women that will help you to strip away your sugar coat and go in the direction of your incredible dreams. Hi, everybody. This is Adrian Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm here today with an incredible guest, Hira Ali. Hira is a force. She is an author of the best-selling book, Her Way to the Top. She's also a speaker, an executive coach, and a leadership executive. Hira is the managing director of the International Women Empowerment Events, where she puts on events for women all over the world. I'm so honored to be partnering with Hira on an event that we are collaborating on that's coming up in July in Dubai. And those things rhyme. (laughs) Um, So I'm so excited to have this conversation with Hira. And I just want to start with rolling it back a little bit and talking about how we met. I was invited to attend an international event It was a trade mission, if you will, and it was for these things called the Wind Trade Awards. Um, And it was in the UK in 2018, I believe. And I met Hira at a high tea um, at Parliament. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Hira and just have her tell you a little bit about herself in your own words, and then we'll get into a really great conversation about, you know, women, imposter syndrome, and anything else that kind of comes up today. So introduce yourself, Hira. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here, Adrian. And um, yeah, um, we have literally known each other for two years, but it seems as if we have known each other for ages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a little about myself. We've already given a very nice and kind introduction about me. Um, yes, I am a career coach. I'm a leadership trainer. And I like to think, I don't say that I specialize in, but I always say I do have a very keen passion in women leadership and ethnic minority leadership. Other than that, I'm the founder of the company called Advancing Your Potential, which provides trainings and consulting services and coaching to women and ethnic minorities um, and people in general. And then I am also the co-founder of Career Excel, which is an online women leadership program I launched last year with my partner in US um, called Jennifer Willey. 
And this year on International Women's Day, we will be collaborating. Um, we will we will be having our first uh, global collaboration with an insurance company who is rolling out the program for employees in five different countries. So that's very exciting. Uh, and then I'm also the co-founder of the Gray Area, the objective of which is to capture the experiences of ethnic minorities working here in the UK, in the public, in the private sector. And I've launched that with my friend and partner, Sharon Kotaria. Awesome. And uh, so, yeah, these are projects that, of course, I am also the leading the International Women Empowerment Events, which, you know, <laughs> which does events globally and primarily focused on empowering women in Asia and Middle East. You know, Hira, it's so funny to, you know, listen to you talk. And in addition, of, of course, you know, you have a family and you're doing all of these other things as well. And I, I find that when I talk to other women, you know, we say, you know, we do this and then we launch into a laundry list of everything else that we are doing. And just listening to you, I'm like, how are you possibly doing all this stuff? And one of the things that I love about everything that you're saying is that you partner together with people. So, you know, you have you seem to have a gift of being able to connect with people. I think that's how we connected. I don't even remember the exact... I, I, I feel like I might actually remember the exact moment, um, but I just remember being very drawn to you and feeling so comfortable talking to you from the very beginning. You have such a, you know, like a positive, happy spirit. And, you know, I, I think that's probably the key for you. But maybe you can talk a little bit about how partnering together with people has been and, you know, ha has the experience always been good or have there been times where you partnered with somebody and, you know, maybe it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to? So that's a very good question. Thank you so much. And thank you for all your kind words. Hey. I'm really flattered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I think, Networking and um, extroversion and all these qualities, to be honest, I did inherit from my parents because they were really good at networking. In fact, when I was a kid, I didn't really like networking as much. But when I started my own businesses, I realized it's important. And I do love people generally. I just love everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. And I think that's the reason why I really thrive in collaborations. And I love to connect with people, love to work with, with women particularly. Um, because I personally feel that I think collaborations uh, is the way forward. Uh, I think mm. when I was growing up, unfortunately, I did see there was a bit of a queen bee culture, um, as we'd call it, where women would not be very supportive of other women. And you did not have a lot of female role models to look up to because most of the people in the department, the senior people would be men and there would be very few women. And then I think generally also uh, if a lot of I think a lot of people might relate to this that growing up. Um, you know, there were very, very few senior women and, and some of them would be very competitive and they wouldn't really be as um, open to you as you would expect them to be or as you would hope them to be. Um, and that was actually quite disconcerting and very sad, to be honest. But I, thankfully, that culture is now sort of kind of uh, disappearing and women now understand that it's really, really important to uplift each other, to work with each other. And I think when we work together, greater things happen because... 
you know, you are doing something independently and I'm doing something independently. But if we join forces, I believe then that that equals to so much more. Because there's no point in people working, you know, in their own isolated space. I mean, of course, there will be projects where you will be working on your own and you can't really always collaborate with people. But if you have like a common mission, for example, when I collaborate with you, because, you know, you do these amazing events for women across the globe. And I think that this is such a wonderful collaboration, just to kind of collaboration and the person is very important to me to be honest yeah. because I don't really I don't think so I I'm comfortable about collaborating with everyone because the person should be um, and you know all the words that you describe for me would would, would actually be the same words for you mm-hmm. uh, probably that's the reason why are we connected because you know you you get attracted to people who are like you yeah and you know Jennifer in US the one I'm, I'm doing um my career excel program with her she's also an amazing woman um and not one bit of malice in her heart and she's really nice you know women who are re- who really want to help women and support them um so of course you know when you are working with people there will be disagreements there will be conflicts it's if you if you think that there will be no conflicts and there will be no dis- disagreements at all then that's that's not um something which is um very realistic because obviously if you're working with strong independent women there will be differences of opinions yes but how to kind of you know draw a line and how to you know come together to solve those differences is very important so i international women empowerment events i have a team of four people and they're all four strong asian empowered women and of course four women in a team means of course you have a lot of different <laughs> 18 opinions or 16 opinions yes. <laughs> different opinions <laughs> different um thought processes different leadership styles so you know there there's a lot of that but i think and i think i would confess that when i started this last year i think there was a bit of an anxiety because you know you're trying to adjust to each other's styles um because i think Having one person to collaborate with is still easier, but having four women to manage um, and collaborate was was a was a bit tricky. But now I think we've reached that stage because we we meet very often. We went we went out buddies. We discuss. We have any problems other than work till we discuss with each other. So I think we've reached that stage where it's very very comfortable. And I think it just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you have to give relationships time. And even if you're working in a team, you need to give that time. So it's, the trust is going to establish slowly and gradually and i think the most important thing which you need to realize is that people will not work according to what you want them to do because everybody has different personalities right <laughs> yes. um and i mean some for example i i think i'm typically i'm very nice uh, sociable likable but <laughs> when it comes to work i it sometimes i i'm like you know the team you're a badass Come on here. (laughs) We all know it. (laughs) Oh, I'm sort of like a a a, type A personality who really wants everything executed in time and, you know, flawlessly. Well, maybe not flawlessly because, you know, I'm trying to preach women to let go of perfectionism. But yeah, but everything needs to be done in a certain manner. And you have to understand that every person, every team member will, will bring a different strength to the table. Yeah. And not everybody can do everything. Yeah. And I think the moment you realize that is is the moment where you will be able to gel in with people better and then you'll be able to collaborate with people better because, you know, I might be very good at something and the other person might be very good at something else. So when you kind of leverage the strengths of, of the team, I think collaborations work wonderfully. Do you, I, I think that this is such a fascinating concept and, you know, I'm, 
I've just launched the She Leads Podcast Network where we have women that are on the platform that have their own individual podcasts. And the idea behind it is that, you know, they're contributing the expertise and the content, and then I'm delivering the sponsorships and we're all sharing in it. So it's really this idea of the collective. Um, and I think that that what you're describing, this collaboration is an idea of the collective. So you're each sort of putting something, bringing something to the table that is unique and special, but then all participating in the benefits of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the keys to success is being really clear about what the individual roles are, because I can only imagine, you know, with with four people, um, and, and everybody probably not wanting to hurt each other's feelings yet, wanting to, you know, move forward and they have their own vision for, you know, how they want things to be. I can only imagine that it's it's very difficult to kind of make decisions because when you're not wanting to hurt other people's feelings, you have a different viewpoint, you know, you really have to have this extremely clear and direct communication style. It's sort of what this podcast that we're on today is all about. It's, you know, you need to let go of sugarcoating the the bullshit so that you can move forward and accomplish goals. And I think we all need as women when we do come together in this collective way to have a very real outcome, you know, a, a profit-driven outcome so that we can demonstrate that there is power in the collective. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think this is so important. I think what you said, we 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 can't really sugarcoat things. Um and we have to kind of present it the way it should be, right? I mean, as, a, a lot of times we as women, we want to be likable, we want to please people, we people pleasers. Um and sometimes we do do not really say things which we want to at the right time. Right. Because we fear offending people. Right. We're um, afraid. And I think, yeah. Absolutely. We're very fa- we're afraid of losing people. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid that people might think that, oh my God, you know, she's so rude or she's, you know, the famous B word because she's so bossy. And then so things like that. And I think this is this is a problem with women. And I think I have literally I'm I think I still sometimes struggle with that because on on one hand, you want to be nice, you want to be likable. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as women, unfortunately, we are expected to bring likability to the table. Yeah. So if people see that that's not happening, that's not something which, uh, you know, that pe- people are not able to accept it if we suddenly are become, you know, if you're very firm or very, you know, if we try to be assertive, people find it difficult. But then that's what we need to do. And we right. we really need to be firm and assertive when it is important. I mean, yes, you could be likable, sociable, whatever, all you want. But when you need to be firm and assertive and when you need to tell people off and when you need to get things done, yeah. then you really need to. Because otherwise, you wouldn't be able to survive in this world, honestly speaking, if everything is so... Uh, rainbows and unicorns (laughs) absolutely so um and i think and it's for it unfortunately for women i think it's a very thin line because it's it's like oh when you're being assertive people will probably say oh you're being aggressive right when you're not being aggressive you're just simply being assertive if a man is doing the same thing we all know that oh my god you know he has an amazing leadership style 
strong personality but if the woman does the same then it's like oh god you know she's aggressive she's emotional she's angry yeah um, unpredictable yeah that's that's something also which i got in the beginning of my career because i used to be generally nice to people most of the time but if people didn't give me work or didn't give me what i wanted to on time so i would like you know give them like a shut up call yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd be like oh my god you know she was really nice uh, yesterday well yesterday i was nice because it was for a different reason we were just having a, a conversation and today i went to work so please give me that assignment right now yeah <laughs> i want it so i think yes i think it is a little tricky for women but it is important that we are firm Right. Yeah, and, and that's that's that is that the theme of your podcast? That, you know what? It's so funny. So yes, that is exactly the theme of the podcast. It it's you know it, it's this whole idea of you know sugarcoat this motherfucker. You know it. You don't need to to sugarcoat things in order to get things done. We as women need to stop sugarcoating what we what we need, what we need to ask for, what our reactions are to things, and even though it might be expected of us to be kind, we need mm. to change what those expectations Absolutely. are. And the only way that we can do it is by pushing the envelope and really speaking what we feel instead of sugarcoating everything. And, you know, I'm being a, a little on the aggressive side here um, mm. with the, with just, you know, my language, because I, I feel that sometimes we have to go to the other end of the spectrum to come back to mm. the middle. And I, I really want to encourage women to speak their mind. Of course, you don't want to be offending people or, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. This is not about, you know, going from kind to being mean and selfish. Yes. This is about expressing your needs, saying what's on your mind. If a man can do it, a woman can too. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think it, and I loved the description you gave. I could actually visualize the question as going to the other side of the spectrum and abusing people and saying everything <laughs> I want to <laughs> to some people and then literally going back in the middle again. But yes, yeah, sometimes you really need that kind of went out to kind of unleash yes. that, <laughs> that, um, uh, right. The I inner, the inner, that. like, you know, I don't know, the inner, the inner the Wonder inner Woman, the inner bitch. <laughs> and it's not even that, you know, even that is like, and I, I totally get where that's coming from. But it's like, even that word is almost like a, a judgment word. And it's not so much Absolutely. a bitch. It's just, you know, hey, this is how it is. Like, tough. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of a New York attitude. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I also can imagine, you know, just to dive into this a little bit more, you know, culturally, there are many differences too. So, you know, for example, I am from New York and I have a little bit more of a, an edge and I do feel a little bit more bold to be able to say what's on my mind. But, you know, in the Middle East being, you know, Southeast Asian, there yeah. are cultural things, there are religious things that are very ingrained and that make it difficult for women to feel that it's okay that they can express themselves. Is, is that some of the things that people yes. come to you about? 
Yes. So I think in Asia, like even after I said the B word, notice I said the B word again, and I didn't <laughs> say it. I just felt, oh my God, what if their family members listening? Listen. And, and what if they're like, you know, people from my, I don't know, friends and circle listening and they'd be like, what is she, what's she about? You know, just, just because she's doing well, so she's going around <laughs> saying these words. So obviously there is, there is this shame associated with um, girls being too loud or being too, um, I wouldn't even say rude. I mean, if you were just standing up for yourself, then people would just see you as somebody who's, who's um, super bold. And um, I don't, well, I don't even have the exact words to say it because I don't, it's not really something I'm, you are, you're not like the nice girl anymore, to be honest. Right. So you literally need to be very particular all the time about um, what are you saying out there in public, what you're wearing, what you're, so everything needs to be. Um, and I think I've reached that stage of my career where, I mean, to be honest, opinions really don't matter to me. But deep down, I am, I mean, I would say I'm still very South Asian-ish or, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, my culture does, does, does influence a lot of things, which I do, because I mean, I am conscious if, if, somebody sees me doing something which is considered to be a blatant violation of, of <clears throat> cultural boundaries. Yes. So I think that's the thing. And I think I usually, I, I think that's also part of my value system. So, I mean, I wouldn't really do things which would be a blatant violation of my, of, of my values. So I think that's my values are very important to me. But at the same time, like, you know, being firm or being assertive, that doesn't qualify as being a bitch. There I said it. Right. I said, I said the word. I said the word. And you used to it anybody. No, you used it appropriately and it's it's so good. So, you know, how do you how do you sort of help women get past that feeling like they are doing something that's shameful when when they're just simply being bold and and standing up for themselves? What kind of what kind of advice would you give somebody that is looking to to be more bold in their communication style so that they can get what they want and and almost be a role model for others, but but at the same time, not crossing the yes. line. I think what is important is that you need to be true to your own inner personality. And the thing is, I am very, I, I would say I'm confident. I love public speaking. I don't have problem interacting with people. I just love, like literally don't mind being in the spotlight um so so the, so that is my personality but at the same time i would say that i am conservative in many ways because i don't i mean like i've said these these words in the podcast and there are a lot of people who generally uh when they are writing the text or the content or you know doing in their regular language would would be very uh, would be very open and they would be using words, which I probably wouldn't. I would refrain from doing it because it's not that I'm, I think it's bad. It's just not my style. Sure. So the thing is, the only thing is, I think you just need to be, you need to identify what your values are. And if you, if it's okay with you, if you don't have a problem, if you're comfortable using these words, then why not? Or if you're comfortable being in a certain way, if you want to, you know, I, you know, there's this very controversial topic. So I have a lot of friends who have recently kind of taken off the hijab because uh, of X, Y, Z reason, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, probably it's because, you know, they don't feel safe on the streets or maybe they, they don't really want to kind of cover the head anymore. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know the reasons exactly. But 
But the thing is, uh, and then the rest of the people start start judging them and they say, oh, you, well, you shouldn't do that. And once you've worn the hijab, then you should continue doing it. And I don't believe in all that because I am a practicing Muslim. But at the same time, I do believe that everybody has the freedom of doing what is best for them without other people judging them. So as long as it's good for you mm. and what 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 is good for you should should be okay with the rest of the world. So the the moment you accept yourself and the moment you say, well, this is what's good for me and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I think that's when, um, and, and if you start accepting yourself, then that's when other people will start accepting you. Mm. That you That's so-, so profound, Hira. I, I think that that is, I think that's almost the definition of a value, right? Yes. What What do you feel on the inside is, is right for you? And that is where confidence emanates from. Absolutely. So, I mean, for example, if I go to an event, I, I don't drink alcohol, right? I have I have halal food, but at the same time, that doesn't stop me from going out and mingling with a lot, lot of women in the evening who probably just go out uh, and have a drink in the pub. So, and so they would probably, in, they would still invite me and they would, they would order me juice or water. So, I mean, I am literally... I haven't really compromised on my values. I'm, if right. I go out, and sometimes I'm fasting when I go out with friends, and I will just wait. And then the moment when the... <laughs> Why are you, you know, torturing yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I usually go at a time when the fast is about to break. Okay, so, good. <laughs> yeah, so I literally just wait for five minutes, and then and then I go and have food. So the, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you still could stick to your values and your beliefs and your practices, and also get along with with people who who don't have the same values and practices, right? It's it's perfectly all right. It's all about connectivity. It's all about yeah connecting people on another level. So it's my my whole thing about you know ever since I moved to London, I think the one thing which I never did, and because being an Asian Muslim woman, a lot of people find it very difficult. You know, they have a, a cultural crisis or an identity crisis. Now I'm very I'm very very I would say like not fixated, but I, I just know that these are the things, these are the lines which I don't want to cross. Yeah. Right? The bright line. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and at the other hand, I, I I love networking. I love meeting people. So, I mean, what are the ways in which I could balance both of them? And and to be honest, there are always ways which you could balance both these sides of your, whatever your values, your practices and beliefs. I mean, you don't have really have to go all out and say, oh my God, you know, because I don't drink alcohol, I'm not going to go out with anybody or because I don't I eat a certain, certain type of food, I'm not going to go to any of these restaurants. You just, I guess, flexibility is the thing. Mm-hmm. You obviously need to be flexible and just know that these are the values I can compromise on and these are the values I can't compromise on. Right. And it's as simple as that. So once you identify that this is something which I, I'm okay about doing and this is something which I'm absolutely not okay about doing, and I think once you do your self-analysis and you know what, what it is and what are those things which you can't really not do because it's, it, it will be a strong conflict and it has nothing to do with family, culture, religion. It's all to do with you. Yeah. So this is something which I will never do because this will be a super, you know, this will be like a huge conflict with what I believe in. Right. Uh, so I won't do that. And this is what I will, I'm okay to do, do these things because this is not a conflict. So I think that's, it's a personal choice. And that that is truly the definition of, you know, self-empowerment. It's it's knowing yourself, 
so well and understanding what your value drivers are and taking that with you wherever you go and in whatever situation you find yourself in. And I think that that is an extremely powerful position for a woman to be operating from. And these, you know, that type of an approach is really one that I think that would benefit you know, many more women so that we're not feeling all of this outside pressure to be this or do this or say this or act like this or look like this. You got to come from that place on the inside that is empowered from the inside out. You know, no one else can empower you because that suggests that they have the power and they're giving it to you. You literally need to be empowered from within. Absolutely. I love this. I love these last three lines absolutely so much because this is exactly what it is. You don't need others to give power to you. You need to empower yourself from within and you need to just do you. Yeah, I love that. What's good for you? What's what's not good for you? I mean, I think, you know, we're at this age where we are, we're no longer teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers at heart. Yes, yes. yes. Absolutely. (laughs) But I think once you have that, you know, when you have these boundaries of where and when you know that this is what I can do and this is what I don't want to do, I think it just becomes very easy. And I think a lot of people are just very scared to be vulnerable. I was also telling this somebody, uh, so I was telling, uh, sharing this with somebody um, two days ago when they said that, well, when you moved to London, this this must have been a very new environment to you. Then how did you adjust? Because, you know, coming from Dubai and Middle East and Pakistan. And, and I say, well, the thing is, I don't mind being vulnerable. So, for example, if I mean, I've done my O-levels and A-levels, you know, back in Pakistan. So communication has not been such an issue. My English, you know, speaking language and all that's not been such an issue. But there are, of course, certain etiquettes or certain things which I may not be aware of. Because, you know, um, they're very British and, and, and I'm not British yeah. right? because I am. Uh, I mean, I love British people, but obviously there are certain things which I may not be aware of. And if it's if you're not aware of something, then it's better just to say it out loud and say, I'm sorry, I don't know this, how this this works. Can, could you help me? Yeah. Uh, and there's no shame in confessing that you don't know things, because if you just want to uh, just to I think that also creates a lot of stress and anxiety in women and also in men. Yes. Because you want to try to fit in with people and you want to try and do things which you're not aware of. You have no clue, no idea what needs to be done, but you just need to kind of do everything just to, you know, be in in the crowd. Right. To prove, um, to try and prove, prove. something. But exactly. in, in your quest to prove that you fit in, you, you actually demonstrate that you don't fit in. And I, I think what you're saying is so spot on because to be vulnerable and to be able to say, you know, hey, hey, I've never, you know, heard that before. I've never experienced that before. And to almost ask somebody like, hey, can you explain that to me? Or can you help me to like do this in, you know, in in the way that's acceptable? People want, you know, I, I believe that people except for the real, you know, jerks, I think people really do want to help. And then that's a way that you can build a connection with somebody that is real. Absolutely. Because I think authenticity is just so important. I think it's it's one of the most underrated leadership terms. Um, 
so leadership qualities or traits uh, out there but it is so important to be to be authentic to be to tell people that well see this is what i know and this is what i don't know and yeah. this is what i want to do and this is what i don't want to do and i think that's um, the i think that's the dark side of perfectionism too it's like if you believe that you need to be perfect and so you need to know how to behave and what to say and everything in every single situation, you're going to fall on your face. So you need to let go of wanting to put this like perfect image out there or, you know, perfect behavior out there because you're going to actually turn people off. And the perfectionism is is the thing that is getting in your way. So that's why I love the, the work that you do and, you know, what you're promoting to to people and everything because you do have to be real. You have to be such a real person. I mean, look, you know, I was outside of my comfort zone when we went to the Win Trade Awards. We were, you know, we had high tea at Parliament, which I've never been to that. I didn't know how to behave, what to wear, what to do. But I was able to connect with you and so many other women that I still keep in touch with to this day. And, you know, if I was concerned that I didn't have on the right hat <laughs> or, yes. or, you know, eat the right, eat the, the little sandwich the right way, I, I would have been so obsessed with myself and, and not been able to connect with others. And I think that is absolutely right, Adrian. I couldn't agree more. And I think if you are able to connect people uh, on a very authentic level, then these are the friendships that are going to last. But yeah. if you, if people only like you for a, a certain image that you portray to them, then I'm because I'm sorry we can't be perfectionists all the time. It's it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and the reason why you know in the survey that I did for my book, uh, a huge majority of women feel this pressure of am I good enough? And they suffer from imposter syndrome and all these challenges which they experience are interrelated. So because they feel they're not good enough, they really uh, exert every effort they can to be perfect, to to do their best in, in whatever they're doing. And because of all that, they wouldn't self-promote. They, they would be scared to be vulnerable and all this you know, internal leads to stress and anxiety. So like literally all these internal challenges are so so related and i think the biggest problem for women is this fear fear of failure fear of success fear of judgment fear of everything i mean yeah. it's really sad but like women are so it's it's this is one thing which which kind of i think this holds us back this is this is yes, the, this, this is the you know exactly. and excuse my language because I I'm a New Yorker so but the, <laughs> you know this is the shit that holds us back and this is the, this is the stuff that you know I I see and that I I I just want to shake somebody and be say stop it like you're not getting anywhere you're not doing anything you're you're digging yourself into a hole that is becoming harder and harder to get out of and yeah. and that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, helping women to to give them voice, to literally be creating a platform that allows them to use their voice and, and get it out there so that we can hear all of these diverse thoughts and opinions and voices so that maybe somebody who's suffering from imposter syndrome can listen in and say, you know what, that person that I can relate to that person, that person sounds like me. And if she can do it, then I can too. I can do it too. And then what is the worst that can happen? I think anything that doesn't, I just keep on asking this question and put this in my book too, (laughs) that anything that, you know, 
what's the worst that can happen? Right. Anything that doesn't kill you right. only makes you stronger. So if, if you're not going to die, nobody's dying. So then, <laughs> then I guess just go ahead and do it. And, and we all make mistakes. We all make blunders. We have these oh, yeah. literally weird things that we do. And then we look back at it and we're like, oh my God, what if I've done this better? But the, and then it's fine to experience shame and embarrassment, whatever, for temporarily. But I think it's just important to move past beyond these things because we as women tend to linger on failures for so long. Yeah, um, I know I do. What- I that you know it's so funny. That is something that happened to me. I had, I, I guess you could call it a failure. I'm trying not to call it that. Um, you know, I had a. It actually ended up becoming the thing that allowed me to launch the business that I have today. But I had a big failure in on the corporate side, and. Mm-hmm. It because my, I I guess my self esteem and my self worth and my self definition was very caught up in you know what I had achieved on the corporate side. When that didn't work anymore, I didn't even know who I was. Yeah, no, that happens, Adrian, and I think it's very natural. I think women do tend to think about failures a lot, but I think if we reframe that failure and say, "Well, this is just a temporary," I mean, it's I mean. It's not even just a roadblock. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise because yeah. then it leads to such amazing things which you had previously not imagined you would do. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, in fact, I w- I always tell these people um, that failures are really important for you. You know, if you have failed in a big way, uh, that is so healthy. So <laughs> I must be the healthiest <laughs> chick out yes. there. <laughs> yes, it is. Because so I failed good. in a big way. <laughs> It was so good. It's so good for your for your self esteem, for your growth, for your for everything. And and you know it could be, and and to, I mean who knows? Even if we do make mistakes, we're humans, right? So, yeah. like it's all right. I mean, I mean, just move on. I mean, that's fine. I mean, as long as you've learned from your mistake, as long as you know that this is something which I I don't need to do anymore. Then, then that's fine. You've learned your lesson, just move on. And I think everybody fails. I think there isn't any successful person in the face of this earth who would say, oh, I've never failed because that would be uh, hugely unusual. Everybody <laughs> fails. And I think failure is actually good for you. It's like vitamins. If you don't fail, then you don't grow. Yeah. Oh, so good. Such good stuff. So, you know, I would love to hear about the International Women Entrepreneur event that you did in the Maldives last year. And let's talk a tiny bit about what we're looking to do together in Dubai. So absolutely. I would love to hear about that. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited. I know. We did the... So International Women Department events was like literally created last year with the objective of connecting the Eastern and the Western women. And we wanted to take like Western women to Asia and Middle East and then make those women aware that, that, you know, people in women in the West too face challenges similar to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is what they do. I mean, you're not in this alone. So uh, the hashtag of a lot of my projects is in this together Mm. because we're in this together and then you know you and for me it was a very liberating feeling uh, honestly Adrian when I moved to London and I realized that I'm not in this alone so I thought people would be smashing glass ceilings and breaking barriers and doing you know amazing stuff here but when I came to London I realized oh wow the challenges are pretty similar to the women in the east yeah so that was one of the reasons and also to for the women of the west to know that the women in the east are also doing brilliant things and they're empowered and they're doing great, fantastic stuff to, to literally bring uh, visibility to them. So that was the objective. And then last year, we 
launched this uh, conference in Maldives. We took a lot of international speakers. Um, the event was was a massive hit. We had um, a lot of support from Maldives. We had the gender minister attending. We had male allies. We had identified um, strong male allies who were like who acted like male ambassadors for the event. So there was a member of the parliament. There were CEOs of different companies, and then there were women for public and private sector. And we talked about things like leadership and visibility and um, sexual harassment. We uh, we had um, Madeleine Black, who's a very inspirational woman. She's a, she's a rape survivor, mm. and we literally. With dialogue started a mini Me Too movement in the room, which wow. was just so amazing because everybody started opening up because people, you know, in Asia, usually um, I know the Me Too movement has become like a big thing in, in the West. But in the East and, you know, particularly countries like Asia and Middle East, it's it's still not a something which is discussed or has gained momentum. People consider it to be like a taboo topic and people wouldn't confess. But because there was such a nice empowered space, literally people started opening up, we talked about. And, you know, we had all sorts of people, women in the team who are now strong and independent, but who have had things from their past. For example, somebody had a very abusive childhood. Somebody went through experienced childhood bullying somebody went through um, sexual mm. trauma mm. Um, and you know people who went through divorces and financial abuses and you know uh, domestic abuse so all sorts of different women who are now doing brilliantly mm, so, so they good. shared their stories and I think there was so much energy in the room and then we also had uh, a Qigong instructor which uh, definitely I recommend taking to Dubai as well because uh, the Qigong instructor every time he would you know we would discuss a heavy topic he would do like this three minute of you know or two minutes of de-stressing exercise and you would be tapping and you know we would be uh, doing these um, different really nice invigorating activities wow um, and by the time we left the room the second day it, the energy was so different so literally we discussed financial awareness how important it is women to be financially uh, empowered and then, of course, sexual harassment. We're also talking about online safety and abuse. And in Pakistan, we again have similar topics, which we're going to do. And then in Dubai, I think it's going to be uh, such a wonderful experience because, again, Dubai is is a city with 85% expats. And such it's an amazing, you know, vibrant city. And I'm so excited that I'm going there with you. Oh, me too. Oh, I can't wait. There's so much um, interest uh, just from everybody that I talk to. All the women that are in my network are like, Adrian, I am coming with you. (laughs) So we might have a lot of uh, people from at least the East Coast that are coming to Dubai. So watch out. (laughs) Oh, wow. I think that's amazing, Adrian, because I think I think this is really, really nice. The energy of the room is so different because, you know, you have you have like, you know, the Eastern and the Western women together working towards the common objective. Um, and I think it's just such a nice, powerful feeling of in this together. Yeah, um, that's so and, good, Hira. Uh, I love the in this together. Everybody should, you know, be using that hashtag all over the place and, and really showing that by you know by being together and by being in this together that we can we can do great things you know i i also wanted to just comment on the conference in the maldives and i think that what you were describing about how women felt comfortable to share their stories i think that that is something that is a piece of magic that happens 
every time women get together in an environment that feels safe and that's a little bit more on the, I would say, quote unquote, smaller side, you know, the the under 200 people type of a crowd, I see it happening Every year when I do the She Leads annual conference, you have just described it. This is something that is critically important for women to be able to do together is to come together in in an environment that is safe, where there's support, where there's also this incredible feeling of, you know, you can do this and, and where there is this practical advice given on how to move forward in in any aspect. We don't do that enough as women. And that's why, you know, what I do with, with the She Leads conferences, what we're doing together in Dubai, what you've done in the Maldives, this stuff needs to continue. And while those bigger, you know, flagship type of conferences are, are great and they definitely provide inspiration, they need to be tempered with these smaller, intimate events, because I believe that that's where the change happens. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, literally the feedback was so positive. It was so nice. Yeah. And um, we came back so refreshed and energized ourselves because, you know, even the feeling that you've been able to help another person or um, or vice versa. I mean, they could they they would help you because they would they would share their stories, and then you just yeah, it's it's, it's a really out of the world experience, and I think we will experience this together, Amen, in August. Yes. Um, and it's uh, sorry in July. In, um, in July, that's right. <laughs> you're you're yeah, doing August July. Pakistan. <laughs> yes, I'm doing August Pakistan, and it's going to be brilliant. Yay! So we have really, I think, covered probably one topic in in a a great depth of experience, which I think is amazing. And and thank you so much for that. Why don't you tell people where they can, you know, find you, follow you, reach out to you? Perfect. So I am very active on social media. Um, I am, I think, most active on LinkedIn, where you can find me as Hira Ali Coach, then on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, my handles are at advancing you. So if you would at advancing you, that's where I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then my main website is www.advancingyourpotential.com, which um, has links to all the different things, like including my book. And yes, please go buy my book. Yes, buy the book. Buy the book. It's amazing. (laughs) Her way (laughs) to the top. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Hira, thank you so much. I can't wait to just, you know, continue our conversation about everything. And I would love to have you back on. Maybe after we do the Dubai conference together, we can talk about all the incredible things that came out of that. So I'd like to, you know, give you an open invitation to come back whenever you'd like. Brilliant. I would love to be. I love talking to you. I know, me too. (laughs) It's so good. Thank you, Adrian. It was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.